This edition of Monocle on Saturday was first broadcast on the 2nd of December 2023. I'm Georgina Godwin, broadcasting to you live from Dufferstrasse 90 in Zurich. This is Monocle on Saturday. Coming up on today's programme, our Christmas market in Zurich is gearing up and about to open to the public. We'll be looking at what's on offer, and we'll also have a leaf through the global papers with Juliet Lindley, journalist and former Vatican correspondent. And Tyler Brulé will join us to officially launch the Monocle festive season. First, though, here's the news. Renewed fighting in Gaza stretched into a second day today after talks to extend a week-old truce with Hamas collapsed and mediators said Israeli bombardments were complicating attempts to pause hostilities again. The warring sides blamed each other for the collapse by rejecting terms to extend the daily release of hostages held by militants in exchange for Palestinians held in Israeli jails. Republican George Santos has become only the sixth member to be expelled from the U.S. House of Representatives. The New York congressman was the first to be kicked out without having fought for the Confederacy or being convicted of a crime. He's facing criminal corruption charges and accusations of misspending campaign money. And a request by the World Health Organization for more information on a surge in respiratory illnesses and clusters of pneumonia in children in China has attracted global attention. Doctors and public health researchers say there's no evidence for international alarm. Taiwan has advised those with poor immunity to avoid travel to China. And in the US, five Republican senators asked President Joe Biden's administration to ban travel between the United States and China. And that's your Monocle Radio News. Hello, hello, and welcome to Monocle on Saturday. I'm Georgina Godwin, and I'm so thrilled to be here in Zurich. It is chucking it down with snow, and we have a very, very festive table here at our Monocle market at Dufestrasse 90. So I am joined by Tyler Brulé, uh, Juliet Lindley and Tom Webb and we are very excited to be here. Tyler, you are really here to officially launch Christmas. It, it, well, at least in this uh, part of the world and maybe the, the retail side. Good morning, Georgina. Uh, but I'm fresh from Tokyo because really the official kickoff was to, to follow the sun. Uh, we started in Tokyo on Wednesday evening. It was not a market. There will be a market for our listeners uh, in Japan and Asia uh, over the coming weeks. That'll come a little bit later, but uh, I would say... The start of that sort of crazy, heady season uh, was Wednesday evening at Trunk Hotel in Tomigaya, 30-second walk uh, from our offices. But as you said, this is the first of the markets. Uh, we're up and running. As you said, it's just, uh, what, two minutes uh, since we threw open the doors. Uh, and also Toronto is today as well. So, uh, of course, Toronto is uh, six hours behind us here in Zurich. Uh, they'll be getting up soon as well. So for our listeners in North America, anyone uh, in that stretch of Ontario, other side of the border in New York State, state, uh, you can make your way up to Toronto uh, as well today. And of course, what it does mean is that it's legitimate now to sing what's become the Monocle official anthem. 
It is Christmas Eve, yes, and, and that is definitely in the lineup. Uh, Juliet Lindley uh, is here this morning. Good morning, Juliet. Nice to see you as well. And and we had to have a bit of a, a bit of a. I would say not, it was not a dry run. It was a snowy run uh, last night, and uh, our our very dear host last night uh, cranked up Tatsuru Yamashita <laughs> to play uh, Christmas Eve yesterday evening. <laughs> the best Christmas song, which none of us had ever heard of before we met the Tyler Brule. So we've got to give it to him. I hope you get royalties. Uh, yeah, sort. well, I don't think there's any royalties going on for that song oh. outside of Japan. But nevertheless. We're pretty much all, all know the words, even in Japanese now. Yeah, <laughs> by, by this point, and I'm wondering how many times that song uh, will be sung uh, by Monocle colleagues, uh, listeners, uh, friends of the broader family by the time uh, Christmas Eve does indeed arrive. Uh, and of course, Tom Webb, our head of radio, a relatively new arrival at Monocle is here with us. Uh, so Tom, I don't know that you're particularly familiar with the song. <laughs> no, actually, I have learnt it. I did need it for the Christmas party last year. And I believe there is another monocle anthem as well, but that's got a more summary twist to it. It does, absolutely. But uh, all will be played because, uh, as we said, Georgina, we, uh, of course, we're here today for two days in Zurich uh, for our Christmas market with a bit of a changed format uh, this year as well. As you said, uh, incredibly snowy. It seems that the weather is going to stay below zero throughout the day today. Uh, so I think the yeah. snow will stick with us. I think there's a promise of sunshine tomorrow, but it's largely indoors uh, this year. So I think listeners traditionally, uh, who of course have tuned in uh, when we've been broadcasting from Zurich, normally the space where we are, which is our, our lounge area, of course, where we, it's also our studio set up as well, has been, uh, of course, full of market stalls. Now, I wouldn't say that we, um, we didn't have a fight with the city of Zurich, but the city of Zurich said that we couldn't do our market outside uh, this year. We're allowed to do raclette, uh, of course, because that's somehow in the national interest. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Otherwise, in terms of revenue generation on the street, absolutely not. Uh, but thanks to Rafi and um, some of our more resourceful colleagues, um, we've taken over the garage down below. It's allowed for many more spaces. And of course, we'll be checking in from there later today as well. Mm, and, and it really works in this weather. It means nobody's out in the very, very cold snow. Tom and I have just been down to the market, actually, and we've uh, been having a look at some of the stalls, things that are just setting up. Um, uh, and um, it's quite interesting because Tom spotted a story in the New York Times about whether it's permissible for men or women to wear hats indoors. Uh, and we just went and met with Reinhard Planck, who, of course, is a, a, a real regular at our Monocle Market. And he sells beautiful, beautiful I've hats. Here, oh, so that's one of, one of Reinhardt's hats. Um, yes. And so they're made out of rabbit felt in yes. Italy? Yes, correct. I think his, well, Reinhardt is based in Sutirol, uh, but uh, yeah, his, his atelier is is down, uh, I think, just in the suburbs or just outside of Florence. Mm. Well, in fact, we, t we tried the hats on and I have to tell people that you can find them on our, on our Instagram because they look pretty cool, actually, didn't they, Tom? They did. I think I came across looking like Pharrell. You looked a bit more oh. like Peter Gabriel, early Genesis, <laughs> riding yeah, but you But you've, but you've, you've liked a, a fedora for a while, though, Georgina. I'm, I'm, I'm a girl for a fedora, it has to be said. Tom, what does the New York Times say about whether we should wear hats indoors? It's a generational Split. The younger generation think you can wear a hat, but you have to remove it for dinner. Whereas the older generation like to say it's part of the outfit. So removing it for dinner is a bit of a faux pas, as long as it doesn't shield the eyes and ears when you're in mid-conversation. So the debate rumbles on for Christmas party season, that is. But they say you can have an earmuff or a scarf that goes over the ears. So that indoors. Keeps indoors. Yeah. No, I think while that's absolutely eating. ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I mean, while you're eating. I can just on, see you in earmuffs. On, on, a, on a terrace somewhere, but no, I, I'm not having any of it. Um, now, Juliet, we know that you were the former Vatican correspondent, yeah. and this is the 
time of year when we're all supposed to think about what the Vatican stands for and actually don't really. Um, <laughs> but the Pope has been in the news a lot this week. And he's glaringly absent from the big event that is taking place in Dubai, which will be the COP28 Climate Summit. Why is he not there? I mean, he's known to be, uh, he's, he's constantly banging on about the environment. He's constantly calling on governments to pull up their socks and do concrete create uh, concrete uh, measures to fight climate change but as he put it uh, the doctors have told me I can't go it's very hot there in Dubai and going from very hot to air conditioning is not convenient in my situation so he in fact has acute infectious bronchitis so that's keeping it at home he sent his Secretary of State Cardinal Parolin who will be today addressing it and the media are all waiting with bated breath to see what the message is from the pontiff but in the meantime of course everyone is on Pope Watch because because he's turning 87 on the 17th of December. He's got acute bronchitis, but uh, who knows which way his health could turn. And of course, let's not forget, Georgina, that his predecessor broke new ground by actually resigning as opposed to staying in the post until his death. And so the, the Pope himself, Pope Francis, has not ruled that out either in previous interviews with the press. So mm. Watch this space. And of course, we are thinking about the environment. It is COP28 going on in Dubai at the moment. I want to talk about the Middle East in a little while because, of course, I know that uh, Monocle has been in the UAE, has been in Saudi Arabia, lots of exciting things going on there. But in terms of climate, you were, we're seeing this reflected here at the market, aren't we? Because there are a lot of very environmentally friendly companies here, uh, including uh, Round River, who use plastic bottles to, to, to make jackets. I think you've got one of them. I actually got one last year. It's in burnt orange very trendy colour. Now, I have to say it's extremely warm. You would never think that it is an environmentally friendly outfit because, as we know, sometimes eco-friendly... Um I didn't know how to put that. So they look really, really good. He also makes uh, swimsuits for the summer. I have not got one of those, but the recycled bottle coats, brilliant. I think it might be time for us to have a little hit of Christmas Eve. Do you think so? Okay, I th- I well, think I, think we if, I think if Desi and all of our colleagues in London are standing by, maybe we should just set it up very, very quickly. This, uh, this was a song that uh, you know, we discovered uh, I, I don't know how far we're, go, we're going back now, 15 years maybe, uh, to uh, our time spent in Tokyo with colleagues. And, and this, this song, it, it's by uh, Tatsuro Yamashita, uh, who, who performs it. There have been many, many cover versions as well. A very, and this is what's interesting. This song has really not left Japan. If you, if you try to go and download it, it's next to impossible. It is available on YouTube, but then you know, it lasts for a little while and then it gets closed down again. Um, so Mr. Yamashita is, is just not interested in selling the rights elsewhere, or maybe he's going to wait uh, for a snowy day when he needs a bit more money. I'm not sure why. But there's also a fantastic cover version by Edina Menzel as well. Also impossible, you know, so you can buy Edina Menzel's Christmas album uh, in uh, in Japan, and there it is as a bonus track. Try to buy it in the US, forget it, because they, they do not have the rights outside of Japan for this song. And just as a bit of a history note, we're in a nation of, of rail uh, in Switzerland, uh, and it's also, I, I always say that's what's interesting about Japan and Switzerland, you know, two countries where, you know, just the rail network, rail infrastructure, uh, the power of the train is so defining uh, as, as part of the national psyche. And this is this is where the song became famous. Uh, so Christmas Eve was a song you know, in a nation, which of course is not really known for Christmas, um, but it, it is, it's, it's always the story of a, a young woman uh, waiting, hoping um, that her 
boyfriend partner uh, is is going to show up from somewhere in Japan, uh, and, th- and it was it was a running series for JR East Railways. That's how it uh, started. So if you have sort of a quiet evening, Georgian, just go and look at some of the commercials that they produced around this song. But uh, let's have a listen. Uh, this is uh, Christmas Eve.
I think it's time for a hit of the weather. It is. It's actually a time for weather report, as we said. Um, snowing uh, here in Zurich, uh, and uh, it really was quite a remarkable snowfall overnight. But this is just a, it's a little story as we maybe go into a couple of news pieces that we want to cover this morning. Um, and this is just uh, the NZZ's update right now. It said Zurich Airport is open, but there are flight delays and cancellations as the planes have to be cleared of snow and ice, and the runways have to also be cleared. This takes time. It says, according to a spokeswoman, there were 22 cancelled departures and 21 cancelled arrivals up until 8.30 this morning. Next paragraph says, in contrast to Zurich, nothing is currently working in Munich. They never sort of miss an opportunity to have a go at uh, the Germans across the border. Air traffic is expected to be suspended until 12 p.m. Winter service is currently in operation to enable safe operations again. Anyway, that's the update on the weather front, Georgina. Thank you very much for that. Um, I am slightly worried about the airport shutting down because I've got to get back to London. I know you guys are going off to Paris. Yes, we are off to Paris, but I'm hoping that the TGV is, uh, is, is working as well. Tom, you're joining us uh, in, in Paris as well, uh, also traveling with uh, our colleague Anna as well. But that's tomorrow. It's tomorrow evening. We've got plenty of time. Well, but if we are stuck here in Zurich, it is, of course, one of the most expensive cities in the world, as we've read this week. It is. Our COO, Anna, will make sure that she gets you out of here as fast as possible <laughs> so you don't have to rack up any, any, more, any more room nights uh, in, in Zurich as well. Yes, this has been one of the big stories of the week. Uh, of course, uh, the Economist Intelligence unit uh, having a report out their annual report of course which uh, ranks the world's most expensive cities I think I believe Georgina they look at uh, you know dozens and dozens of different uh, indices in terms of you know whether it's uh, filling a, a bag of groceries getting a haircut all types of things uh, and uh, now I, I don't think if it's, if it's not necessarily an honor but uh, two out of the uh, top three cities uh, are both in Switzerland, uh, Zurich uh, coming in number one, number three, Geneva, uh, and wedged in between uh, Singapore. Mm. And of course, we've just done our own survey, our soft power survey, which is in the brand new edition of the magazine, which came out on Thursday, I think, Tom. It, it did, yes, indeed. Uh, the the current uh, issue, December, January issue, just hitting newsstands, at least European newsstands. Uh, I don't think, uh, I did not see it. Uh, we had it, well, it arrived in time, Georgina, like literally an hour before the party started uh, in, in Tokyo, but uh, for our listeners around the world, if you haven't received it, of course, as a subscriber, and you should subscribe to the magazine. But if you want to support your local bookstop, bookshop or newsstand, uh, it should be uh, certainly on shelves uh, over the coming three or four days. And of course, Anna is here selling subscriptions right here at our Christmas market in Zurich. She is. Uh, and with a variety of very interesting uh, new offers and treats as well. And we should maybe talk a little bit uh, about the various things that are going on here today. As you said, you did a tour down in the basement while the song was going on. Of course, you you showed us a, a little shot of how you look in that fedora downstairs. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and I believe there's going to be a purchase happening a little bit later. If you'll give me a discount, I'm going to have I'm, to drive a hard bargain. I, I, I think Italians th love to bargain. Yeah, I think you It'll can go good. down and... Yeah. Oh, and and also, because I am not a recipient of inherited wealth. Now, this is a story <laughs> that a good segue. <laughs> that you, you found, Juliet. Tell us about, about this story. Uh, it comes from the FT. It does. And UBS, the, the Swiss bank, has come out with um, a survey in which... Uh, the for the first time, billionaires make more in inheritance than in wealth creation. So essentially, new members of the Billionaires Club worldwide gained more of their assets from relatives rather than through hard work, blood, sweat and tears or entrepreneurship. So apparently this is um, the strongest growth in assets was with Europeans whose fortunes are linked to consumer focused companies. But why is this happening? Now, I tend to think that if you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, or maybe in Switzerland, there must be a lot of billionaires that are born with 
with silver cowbells or something. But either way, how do you pass on to the next generation that fire hunger and just that burning ambition to achieve when they've already got everything? Now, apparently, the, the, this, um, this change is due to high interest rates and geopolitics and economic uncertainty. But Tyler, seriously, how do you get your very privileged kids to have that burning ambition to become wealthy or to work hard? I, listen, if I had an answer, I think that uh, I would have a, some type of teaching post at St. Gallen or uh, IMD or, or somewhere like that. I think it's, 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 it's tricky. Um, and of course, we sort of know about the, the old adage about is it's third generation that uh, always tends to stuff it up uh, as well. But I think with a lot of the families we're talking about, uh, this is really, really well and truly multi-generational. We're talking about fifth, sixth, seventh generation. So maybe some have stuffed it up. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, many have, uh, have restored uh, the, the family fortunes. I think a lot of it has to do with getting, I think, getting the youngsters onto the factory floors uh, exactly. as, as quickly as possible. Property. And having that entrepreneurial drive, which is, of course, something you've got, Tyler, and you've just started yet another business, I understand, a restaurant, which is uh, re actually represented here at the Christmas Fair. <laughs> it is, actually. Mm. This is a, a little bit of a, of a side show. Also, Juliet's husband uh, yesterday was also pitching uh, as well to become uh, one of the shareholders in our oh, business. I thought you were going to say chefs. No, uh, chefs well, I, your husband's a good chef as well, but uh, <laughs> but um, it means that there may not be a family horse, an, ex an extra family horse if he invests but a family ox family ox anyway yes um <laughs> juliet we're, or i should say georgina we're, we're talking about uh, the oxen it's down the lake from here in kuznacht um it's a small well, smallish guest house it has uh, seven uh, seven bedrooms it has a restaurant for about 50 or 60 people uh it has a, a banquet space it's been around since 1561 and it's owned by the community uh and and this is the town of kuznacht uh so for our listeners as well who may not uh, know know the the name um you might have heard it a couple of times this summer it was of course uh the former home of tina turner uh and uh it is uh this is it's owned by the by the community um and so every 10 years or so they they put it up for uh tender and we bid for it and uh, with a consortium of other locals um, we we won the bid and um, now we're serving uh, fondue and uh, and tartare etc until end of February and then it's going to close and it's going to have a little facelift and renovation and open up uh, fresh and perky for springtime. That's so exciting. I can't wait to go there and, and have a look. And in fact, as, as I said, you're actually represented downstairs at the market because you've got your own spirit. Your yes, own yes. Spirit. So actually, so we have, uh, of course, there is a um, there's a local cocktail supplier who also has a table here, uh, but we spoke to them um, and we said, can you make, you know, can, can you, you, you have nothing in your range um, which matches one of my favorite drinks, which is a French 75. Uh, and so they've developed an Oxen 75 um, uh, for us, uh, and uh, the Oxen 75 is uh, is now uh, available for purchase. Excellent stuff. So that would make a good Christmas gift. It would. Um, I think if people bought sort of cases of Oxen 75, of course, the the, the people from the cocktail, uh, they also have a variety of, uh, you know, they've got a, a pre-mixed Negroni. Uh, they have a wonderful drink called a, a lowered Ferrari, which is always uh, it's, one of my favorites. I'm, I'm sure within the segments, Tom, uh, we can do um, tastings a little bit later. I'm sure they'd be happy to, um, of course, pour a drink or two. Um, it's already well. It's not past midday yet, but uh, but we've we've got a, we've got a little bit of time, Georgina, um, because think, the bar, the bar is closed until noon. Oh, um, really? I, I thought know. the rules changed when it was yeah, snowing. Oh, maybe, maybe you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, they, they do. But talking about Christmas gifts, Juliet. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, of course, around in the papers at the moment about gifting and how to do it properly and what you should be doing and all the rest of. But, but what was your best ever Christmas gift? Oh, let's just say I am partial to boots. 
And I got a really nice pair of honey-colored boots, nicely crafted from the husband. It was rather nice. Which one? Which husband? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> you what about you? What's that? the best? You set me up for that one. No, <laughs> I want you to read your boots. Come on, tell us you more. You saw them at the Oxen. Oh, really? And you were like, oh, oh, oh I like those. Yeah, okay. Right? No heels. So there's also, in Estonia, now if you give someone a pair of uh, footwear, you're supposed to also, so if you receive, you're supposed to, I don't know if this happens in Italy or in Trinidad. Let's start the trend. Cetera, what happens? That you, you should, you have to give currency back because. Like, like lira. Because maybe. you'll walk out of that person's life. <gasps> well, oh, that's interesting. That's like. Writing a check now. It's like giving somebody anything that's sharp, like a knife. True. Scissors. You've got to pay them something. True. Because otherwise you're severing the relationship. Yeah. See, that's a goes. weird thing. I, Gonna go write a yeah, check I right know. now. <laughs> Those boots are made for walking. Does UBS take checks? No, I don't know. You're right. No one writes checks. No. Tom, what about you and Christmas? I'm suddenly panicked because my colleague Sophie Monaghan Coombs got me a butter knife in my secret oh. Santa. But apparently, if it's a blunt knife, that's not a severing. She couldn't sever our relationship yeah. with, with a butter, a butter knife. knife. She'd have no. a hard time doing that. Do I need to give her money now to? I think she great. She deserves it. <laughs> No, the the best gift was Spice Girls Spice on cassette tape. Because that was the first gift during Christmas Day. And it ended with a Sony Walkman, the metallic one, to play When when was this? This was Christmas 96 or 7, the Blair years, I believe. But the physicality of the cassette was the thing that, that I loved the most, the imagery, the way that it opened. I opened and folded it. Oh, Christmas Day. Tyler, do you have a favourite gift? Well, I'm an only child, so... I, I, you got I, everything you want? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I got the gift of being an only child. Um, no, I, I, nothing, nothing stands last out. Last year, I, what'd you get? What did nicest I get? Nicest thing you got last year. Think fast. Let me think. Last year, what did I get? Um, I got a really... I got a fantastic a fantastic vase from uh, from a very, very nice brand in, uh, in, in Sweden. Which, Wait, didn't you also get a really nice cashmere cardigan? Every, 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 every year. <laughs> They're here, actually, by the way. Butter tea. Butter tea are here from Stuttgart. There you go. Yeah. One of the one of the things, of course, that happens at Christmas is that we entertain. We usually entertain much more than we do the, the rest of the year. Uh, and there's a piece in the FT about designing a home for entertaining. Mm. How you go about actually making your house into a place where you can entertain. And it has this wonderful story about a woman who who doesn't have a huge amount of space, but she puts tables in all the different places, like not only the dining room, but at the foot of her four poster bed in the hallway and part of the fun apparently of going to these parties is wondering which table you'll be on. Now this is something obviously that you've been involved in with Oxen trying to design that as, a, as an entertaining space and of course at Midori House and indeed here at Dufestrasse 90. What would be your top tips for making a, a building sort of entertainment ready I suppose? I mean lighting obviously Yeah I was going to say it, it, it has to start with lighting it has to, there has to be a good soundtrack uh, there has to of course be, I think there's also that sense of, of, of a I'm always surprised you look at a number of new developments and there's just sort of a front door and you arrive in in the living room. There's no sense of of delay. Uh, There's no sense of interruption when you go into a space. And I think that's incredibly important that you, you want to... You want to arrive at an event. You want to compose yourself. You want to maybe take your winter boots off and put your new boots on from your husband, uh, potentially, uh, and, and and freshen up. And then you want to be able to arrive into that space. Um, and then I think, you know, and I've, and so I haven't read the FT piece. I saw, I saw it, uh, of course, promoted this morning. Um, but I think that idea of, of having, you know, a variety of places to touch down, uh, that maybe you don't want to just be, you know, where there's sort of two sofas, you know, parallel and everybody's in the thick of it. Maybe you want to ease into it a little bit. 
uh, you want to be able to survey uh, the room and and also sort of you know do you want to be with sort of the you know the, sort of the, the raucous crowd uh, you know do you want to be with uh, the people who are maybe sipping more quietly in the corner um, so I think that's where, but I'm I'm a huge believer in sort of a bit of a multi-salon approach that there are various places uh, to, to perch and, and, and sit down. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, in, in my house, our summer parties are the best because we have various spaces within the house, but then you go out into a small garden and then you go out into this huge sort of two-acre garden. So you've got all these places and you can put structures up in the garden like a, a yurt, we had one here, uh, or, or a big sort of shaped tent or whatever. And it's lovely to sort of be able to move people around like that. And in fact, Tom knows about that because when I go away, not the weekend but when I go away Tom stays in my house and looks after my dog I definitely didn't entertain while I was in your house well the dog would tell on you but anyway (laughs) but the house is perfect and you've also got that beautiful vantage straight down so you can see everyone whilst also seeing the little nooks, the quiet corners that you have so perfectly in your house, including the outdoor space. Uh, it's a double outdoor space. It's a double outdoor uh. space. Now, we've got uh, indoor and outdoor space here at the market. So outdoors, we've got the raclette. Uh, and then indoors, we've got wonderful people like our own Brenda selling her Knightsbridge Rocks jewellery. Uh, and then you go one floor down. Indoor, outdoor, under. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Aren't we multi-leveled, multi-faceted? Um, and so, just as as we draw the program to a close, just a, a quick look at some of the other people that are that are at the market. Uh, all sorts of things for your Christmas gifting uh, here: balaclavas, belts, eye pillows, ceramics. Very interested in that. Some pottery. There's also olive oil produce, golf clubs, uh, and just all manner of things. And the fragrances. I'm very interested uh, in the fragrances too. But of course, the one place I am going back to is. Reinhard Plank to buy the hat. Excellent. Um, well, I look forward to it. Uh, you've got to get down there, Juliet, and of course, uh, work on that discount. <laughs> yeah, I'll help you with that. We'll negotiate <laughs> in Italian. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. That is Tyler Brule, Juliet Lindley, and Tom Webb. And that's all for Monocle on Saturday. Thanks also to our producers, Mariella Bevan and Desri Banley. And our studio engineer in London was Mariella, and in Zurich, it was Desri. Um, uh, Monocle on Saturday will return next weekend, but do stay tuned to Monocle Radio for all the action from our Christmas market here at Jufferstrasse 90 in Zurich. I'm Georgina Godwin. Thanks for listening.